We get the privilege uh, of uh, hearing the word come from Dave Knoll this morning. You can clap. Um, not only is Dave one of my closest, most trusted friends, uh, Dave is the uh, director of the uh, Indianapolis School for Supernatural Ministry. Many in our church have been through that or are in the midst of it and um, uh, seeing things happen in and through them. Dave has the heart of a revivalist. He's the most joyful person I know, personally. This from sort of a melancholy introvert. <laughs> and um, more important than all of that, uh, Dave loves Jesus like few people that I know. So um, we're real excited to hear the good word. Thanks, man. Have fun. Appreciate it. Told this story Friday night at the I Hope when we were ministering that about, I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago? Yeah. Uh, we were at I Hop. Not the Pancake House, but the House of Prayer, which is now, whose torch is now carried by, I hope, in this building. We were, they had a letter every 15 years. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, this guy right here, Randy Gooder, walked up to me in the middle of this prayer time, and he said, Hi, my name's Randy. Will you be my friend? And uh, I think he's told that story here before a few times, and we became friends. Because I'm easy. Intentionality. <laughs> Intentionality, yeah. So he, those who would, uh, would have friends should show themselves friendly is what the Bible says. So Randy did that. And it's been my joy to be in Randy and Jane's life for all these, these years. And it seems like really a lifetime, you know. So awesome. Well, uh, during that time, that awesome time after the vision that Carol had, we were up here, uh, I felt like... Um, the Lord said uh, spine alignment. So I just want to release that word over you, spine alignment. I know a lot of people have back issues, but especially I felt like um, scoliosis over in this area somewhere. And uh, there may be more than one of you, but I would, I would just like to encourage you to check yourself throughout the flight. <laughs> and uh, and so you may be healed somewhere in the, in the middle of all of this. You don't even have to come forward. Don't have to have hands laid on you. And you, you know he's he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their afflictions. You know, and uh, the centurion said, just just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. So I speak that word to you right now. And if you got a you got a aching back, you got a, you got a pain in your back, a pain in your neck. Don't look at the person next to you. <laughs> Just uh, be expecting God to, to uh, His Spirit to come on you and uh, heal you. Wow. Yeah, you're beautiful. You know, I was noticing how beautiful you all were when we were taking communion. And I see you filed by. And the, the Bible does say, uh, as for the saints who are in the earth, these are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. My friend Paul came up uh, during communion and was whispering a word to me, and I'm just going to pass it on to you, that God has kind intentions toward you. You are the majestic ones in whom is all his delight. And he, when he raises his hand toward you, it's to bless you. Ooh, that feels good, doesn't it? That feels really good. Well, we're in a series uh, here at the Vineyard called, um, what's it called? Uh, all thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, right, right up there on the board. <laughs> I'm the guy that walks into the business and says, where's the restroom? And there's a great big sign that says restroom right in front of me with an arrow. Well, all things new. And uh, so I chose the topic, uh, a new perspective. 
How many of you know God gives us a new perspective on life? Thank you, Jesus. We get a new perspective. Uh, I want to show you a little cartoon here. See, there's a reality up there <laughs> on both sides of that, uh, of that picture. The facts are exactly the same, right? But for one guy, it means one thing, and for the other guy, it means something totally different, and yet all the components are the same. You know, our, our perspective uh, is really, really important. The way we look at reality, how many of you know people, two people can look at the same set of circumstances, the same reality, and come up with completely diff- different conclusions? It all depends on your point of view. It all depends on your perspective. So I've subtitled this message. Go ahead. What are you looking at? (laughs) What are you looking at? Just look at your neighbor and say, what are you looking at? (laughs) I love it. So I'm going to give you three points because that's, that's a tradition around here. We have to. We have to do that. So the first point is this. Whatever gets your attention gets you. I've noticed that in my life. Have you? Whatever, I, whatever gets my focus starts to take over in my life. It starts to take control in my life. So it's really important what I'm looking at. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Holy, oh, excuse me, there it's repeated again. All right. Verse 5. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Next one. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Perspective change. He's lifted up. Uzziah, King Uzziah, he mentions that as a reference point for... Uh, I'm sure great reasons. Uh, king Uzziah was a guy that that ruled for 52 years. He became king when he was 16. So he went out of the BMV, got his driver's license, and they said, "Oh, by the way, you're king." And so he was king, and he was king for 52 years. And he really was a wise and good king. And he was he was a military expert, and he he did a lot of good things. But near the end of his life, he messed up royally. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, he messed up royally, and he he actually was struck with leprosy, and then he died. So here's this guy that had this great promise, and a lot of people were really happy with the way he did things. And then near the end, he he really messed up. He he did some incense in the 
and God was displeased and, and his life ended this way. And so it's in the, it's in the context of, of troubling times that, that Isaiah says, in that year, the same year that Uzziah died, because it would be like the readers would go, oh yeah, I remember what that was like. It sounds like kind of like the times we're living in, living in right now, right? We just came through an election cycle where uh, some people are delighted and others are disgusted, and, and there's a few in the middle that are just don't like wait and see, you know. And so uh, our perspective is very important at a time like this. And Isaiah was lifted up; he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And of course, I, I don't want to get in all, into all of the particulars of that experience because it's not really the, the focus of what I want to share. But I just want to say that when he got to that place and he saw the Lord for who he was, he had a different perspective on himself. And he began to realize, wow, the things that I talk about, not so bueno, you know. And I, I'm a man, and I live among a people like that. I mean, when, when, when you see the holiness of God, you begin to realize, wow, wow, I really fall short. In and of myself, I, I am not like him. But thank you, Jesus, we are not in and of ourselves. We are in Jesus, and we are of Jesus, and he has changed our nature. He's changing us from the inside out. So he's... He asked for the coals, and I, and I, you know, the seraphim. It, it's just, it's interesting to me that seraph uh, means burning ones. So here we have the God who's a consuming fire, and we have the seraph who are burning ones, and and they take the the coals from the altar, but they use tongs. Now you know the coals got to be hot if the burning ones got to use tongs <laughs> to pick up the coals, and they put them put it on on his lips, and then and at that point, after that perspective change. Isaiah is ready. He realizes implicitly by being in the presence of the Lord, there's something for me to do. I've got something that he wants me to do. And so he begins to volunteer. Here am I. Send me. It's amazing to me that God could send robots or he could send angels to do his work. But instead, he presents himself. He presents his mission and then he asks for volunteers. The Bible says that your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. And so our job is to say, here, here I am. Whatever you want me to do. Whatever you want me to do. Just show up and say, I'm yours, God. Whatever I can do. And I, I believe that when we have truly seen God, that will be our impulse. That will be our motivation. It's like, I want to do. I want to do some stuff. How many of you want to do some stuff for God? How many of you want to do some stuff with God? Even better. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know about the rest of you. We're, we're going to pray for you during the, during the message. Wow. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Remember, Randy, would you come up here and help me illustrate something? When I was like seventh grade and I joined the wrestling team for oh. some reason... <laughs> No, you won't hurt. You, you won't hurt me. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so I was a, I was a skinny guy, and I, I was really just kind of a beanpole of a kid, and very scared of, of things. But I learned early on that just go like you're trying to, you know what a takedown is. You're gonna take take me down. Just dive toward my legs. All right. So that the wrestling the, the rest. <laughs> 
Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you did a great job. The wrestling coach, just do that again. It was so much fun. Uh, he said, if you control your opponent's head, you can control him. Watch this. Ah. See, because if, even if he got into my legs, even if he got, he got in there and I was temporarily at a disadvantage, if I could push on his head and push him away, I could push his entire body away. Because whatever gets your attention gets you. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> Give him a big hand. He's... Yes. No, no people were injured in the making of that illustration. So I'm a little bit out of breath, actually. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so you get the point. Number two is you become what you behold. Whew, this is huge. This is huge. Let's look at the, at the verse of Scripture connected to that. Now the Lord is the Spirit, says 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, true freedom. And we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, the the, the words I want to point out here is that, that we, we all with continually, with unveiled face, continually seeing, the other, another version, New American Standard says, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image. So we, we behold him as he is, we become more as he is. This is why one of the many reasons that worship is so important is because when we come into his presence, and we experience him, we experience his manifest presence, then something happens, and we are, we, he just keeps recalibrating us, keeps click, 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 changing us more and more and more into his image. What we behold is what we become. Um, 2001, it was Inauguration Day. 2001, after the hanging Chad election, Bush versus Gore, uh, we were moving into our high-rise apartment in the sky in Hollywood, Florida, right on the beach. Couldn't have been better. We'd moved down there uh, to work with a ministry that was going to go up and down the coast and do prayer and worship ministry and so we had uh, great, great expectations, and we had sold our house in Anderson to the first uh, um, person who looked at it for the asking price. Uh, Sandy had quit her job as the secretary of the education department at Anderson University and the master's program, too, secretary of the master's program. Uh, we left our, our kids, and uh, so we, we, it was a great risk, but we felt like great reward. You know, was before us. And when we got there, things fell apart in the very first week due to circumstances beyond our control. Everything fell to pieces with the ministry that we were going to be a part of. And, uh, and then it was like, oh, my Lord, what has happened? What have we done? And so plan A became plan B. We moved plan B up to plan A, but we knew that plan B was not going to look like plan A, so we didn't know what to do. It's like we've done, we, we feel like the Lord has led us down here. 
Now what do we do? And we had all this beauty we had in our apartment building was sitting right in between the ocean on one side and the intracoastal waterway on the other side. And we could sit on our balcony and watch the, uh, some of the, the fish in, in the uh, ocean and we could watch the million-dollar yachts going up and down from Fort Lauderdale uh, to parts south to Miami. And, and uh, under m- most circumstances, that would have been a beautiful situation. But for us... It was just really, really hard to enjoy because, because the rug had been pulled out from under us and we didn't know what to do. And we just kept, kept on. Now, I must tell you that uh, I'm Hoosier born and Hoosier bred, and when I'm di- I die, I'll be Hoosier dead. So <laughs> uh, we lived, I've lived most of my life in Indiana. And so, but when we moved to Florida, we, we, we took two vehicles and we had the moving van, and Sandy was driving in a car. And at that time, no cell phones, so uh, it was when stegosauruses roamed the earth. But anyway, uh, we, we had walkie-talkies in each vehicle. And so we're driving down I-69 toward 465, and I said, I said let's, let's do something fun. Let's list ten things we won't miss about Indiana. And so we started naming off things, you know, that we wouldn't miss about Indiana. Because as far as we were concerned, it was good riddance, see you later, bye-bye, maybe we'll come back if you're lucky. <laughs> now, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that that was an exercise in bitterness. Uh, I, I would have said it was, just, uh, it was just an exercise in like, okay, the li- life has changed. How many of you know that we, we make up euphemisms to cover what things really are you know instead of saying i'm bitter we say i'm just very disappointed you know uh just whatever we can come up with to kind of kind of uh cover and uh so i uh so here we are in florida and um i have this dream after this is all this has happened and and it's scene after scene where i'm going from shower stall to shower stall and I'm trying to uh, plug up the drain so, so the water would fill up in the shower. I, why, I don't know. You know, you have reasons in dreams, right, for things. So they're just uh, self-evident, at least in the dream. And uh, so I was trying to cl- clog up the, the drain to get it to, to fill up, and I could not get it to happen. It was like five or six times, and then... I got into this great big shower, so it looked like something that, you know, when I, when I used to play football, just a big shower room. But there was nobody in there but me. And this time, the water coming out of the, out of the, the shower was dissipating. It was actually evaporating before it could hit the tile floor. And you know, you're in a dry season. <laughs> when the water won't even touch the floor, it evaporates before it gets there. And uh, so I woke up. From this dream, and you know, sometimes I, I've been interpreting dreams for lots and lots of years, uh, and and most of the time they are very metaphorical, at least in my life, they're not literal, and so I have to figure out what th- this symbol means and that symbol means. When I woke up from the dream, the Lord said, "This is the meaning of the dream." <laughs> I said, "Thank you," and um, He said, "This is not a season for soaking; it's a season for cleansing." Because if I would let you soak now, you would be soaking in your own impurities. But this way, they can just go down the drain. 
And I realized that the reason we came to Florida, the plan B, was a season of cleansing for me that I didn't think I needed, mind you, because I was only disappointed. <laughs> then, then I had another dream, and the, the, after I went back to sleep, I had another dream, and we were in a great big outdoor um, arena, some, something like the, uh, the grandstands at the uh, Indiana State Fair. With you know, part of it was covered, and it was the place was filled with seats. And down at the end, there was there was a black choir that was singing really happy songs. And I was kind of resentful of that because I wasn't feeling so happy in the dream. They were going, you know, they were just going going for it. They they finished the song, and then a then a faceless man standing next to me, he had a microphone, and he said, after this next song. Brother Dave is going to tell us what the Lord's been doing in his life. <laughs> and, he, and then he said, trouble. And uh, I thought, thanks a lot. Who gives a testimony about trouble, you know? And uh, it's like the, the, the lady who raised her hand in a testimony meeting said, the, the devil's really been after me this week. Bless his holy name. <laughs> so... <laughs> So anyway, I woke up from that dream, and, uh, and the Lord said, the two dreams are one dream. You're being cleansed from an attitude that fails to recognize that you should count it all joy when you encounter various trials. How do I get to be a joyful person? Uh, by learning to count it all joy when I encounter various trials, knowing the trying of my faith produces patience. And then that verse that follows that I thought was a standalone verse that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That he, he showed me that those, those are connected. Like if you lack the wisdom to know that the trying of your faith produces good things so that you can be complete and lacking nothing. Then ask God for wisdom so that you can see that these trials, your pain has a purpose. And the purpose is to complete you. And once you see that, then you can begin to rejoice in your tribulation and begin to have a perspective change. Well, then the next thing, a few months later, after a lot of suffering and having, the, having to suffer the dignity of help, asking friends to help us pay our rent and all kinds of things and just, just really having a hard time, but just proclaiming the promises over uh, our lives and, and rejoicing as best we could in the midst of those circumstances. I go to a meeting in Orlando, and Orlando is about 200 miles from where we were. It was in a it was in a home group, and uh, and this man from uh, Kansas City was there, a prophet, and he'd had a dream the night before, and he got he'd gotten uh, our last name in the dream, Noel. He said, "I heard the name Noel. Is there somebody named Noel in here?" Like, <laughs> and uh, he said. He said, I heard your name and I heard the words, Hollywood is not your haven. And, and I just said, hot dog, that is my permission slip to get out of Hollywood, Florida. Now, this guy wouldn't know Hollywood from whatever, maybe Hollywood, California, as far as he knew. But here's a guy from Kansas City who comes to Orlando, 200 miles away from our present home in Hollywood, Florida. And he says, I heard your name and Hollywood is not your haven. So we loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly. <laughs> so we got, we, we got the permission to leave 
And we, we left and um, we came back home. And guess what? I fell in love with Indiana all over. <laughs> I, was, I just want to get out and kiss the ground. It was such a beautiful thing. And uh, I realized the Lord, through that trial, he just peeled off the layers of excuses and rationalizations and said, Dave, you're hurt. You're hurting in your heart. And there's bitterness in there because of you disappointments in ministry, disappointments with people, disappointments with yourself. And this is one thing that I've been telling people of late, because now I've walked with the Lord like 45 years. And the one thing, one of the things that I see derail believers is bitterness. I've seen it in my own life. Bitterness is just anger gone to seed. And if we don't deal with those things, we can end up with a very bitter spirit. I wrote a song that says, he turns the bitter water sweet of every sour stream he meets. And he does. He wants, to, he wants to just help us to be relieved of that bitterness. And that experience, that trial in Florida really helped me to gain a new perspective on Indiana. Came back here loving the city, just really loving the city, really loving the people. And guess what? It's, things seemed to change when, when we came back here. It was like before I thought, you know, I was thinking, no, you know, Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I guess I'll go eat worms. You know, it's just, it wasn't true. But how many of you know it's just like that cartoon? If you have a certain perspective on reality, that becomes reality. Per, the saying goes, perception is reality. And it was, it was a reality, but it was a reality that I was living in. When we came back, it was almost like somebody had flipped a switch and everybody's calling me a spiritual father and day you come in here and over there and it's like whoa what happened i'm the same person and then i realized you know what i think they didn't change i changed something in me changed and i had to change what i was beholding and i'll tell you what if you if we if we behold bitterness if we behold anger resentment and that stuff Oh, it can so poison our hearts and, and skew our perspective. And God wants to change that. And I feel Holy Spirit working in here right now. Because, you know, for me, it was just, it, it wasn't a huge thing. It wasn't three months of repentance. It was like three minutes of, oh, sorry, Lord. I didn't realize I, I was here. You know, I was in this place. You know, when you... You got a 45 watt light bulb in your garage. You can see, okay. If you put like 220s or whatever they are, you know, in there, it's like, wow, I can really see. And then it's like, oh, oh no, I can really see. Because <laughs> you can see stuff in there that, that you weren't aware of before. Maybe you're grateful for the, for the merciful light of God that comes into our lives to show us things we weren't aware of so that we can change. So we become what we behold. Now, I don't want anything in my view except Jesus and his kingdom and seeing the way he sees things. The good thing is that when you get born again, he gives you a new set of eyeballs, puts them right inside your heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Well, my eyes are open. I just got to keep them unclouded, unobstructed, so that Jesus is first. 
I love Bill Johnson's saying that he says, I I try to work it so that nothing in my mind gets bigger than my awareness of God's presence. I like it. I like it. Number three, if at first you don't see him, keep looking. (laughs) This is a... This is something that you find in Daniel chapter 7. If you, uh, Take the last few minutes to get that. But you can see there, I've just kind of summarized it on, on this uh, slide. But Daniel is having this night vision, dream, slash something encounter with God. And he sees four kingdoms rise. Four kingdoms. And there's horns and there's, there's horns that talk and there's, there's beasts. And there's all kinds of things, but as he goes along in this vision, uh, like in verse 4, he starts, the, the, the first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking. Everybody say, I kept looking. I kept looking. <laughs> all right. Behold, another beast in the next verse. A second one resembling a bear and raised up on one side and three ribs were in its mouth. Evidently, it liked barbecue, but I digress. <laughs> In verse 6 it says, and after this I kept looking. Say, I kept looking. looking. Behold, another one like a leopard which had, uh, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast had four heads and the dominion was given to it. And after this, I kept looking. <laughs> and he goes on and on. And while he's contemplating the horns in verse 8, the horns were pulled out by the roots before it. Behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth uttering great boasts. But then he says... I kept looking until thrones were set up and the ancient of days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was burning before. And he goes on and on. And in verse 11, he says, then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking. It says again, and I kept looking in verse 13. At the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. But he says, as for me, Daniel, my heart was distressed. You ever been in that place where it's God, God says, I'm on the throne. Yes, God, you're on the throne. But I'm, dis- I'm distressed. I'm still distressed. I don't understand it. You're on the throne, but I'm distressed. Well, Daniel felt that too. And then it says in verse 18, but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. And then in verse 21, it says again, I kept looking and that horn that was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until, everybody say until, <laughs> um, the ancient of days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. When was judgment passed in favor of the saints of the Most High? That's the question. When was judgment passed in favor of us? Anybody? Not a trick question. At the cross? Are you, is that what you're saying? All right, that's what I'm perceiving. I have a perspective. 
and the saints took the possession of the kingdom. Jesus said, here's the keys of the kingdom. The kingdom is in you. We have the kingdom. And so it's from the perspective of the kingdom that we see things that I'm connected to in here makes me an overcomer. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, right? That's what the Bible says. And so perspective change needs to happen with us. And, it, and sometimes it needs to happen several times a day, right? And sometimes we're in a good place and we've got it locked in. We've got that perspective locked in. But then new information starts coming in. And we start thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. What's happening here? And at those times, we need to keep looking. If at first you don't see Jesus, keep looking. Keep looking till you do. Just keep looking. Sometimes it takes a half a minute. And sometimes it might take half a week. Sometimes it might take half a month because of the struggles and the trials and the things that we go through. But keep looking because Jesus is Lord overall. Yay. I like it. So, to review, whatever gets your attention gets you. My, my, my kids limit the screen time that our grandkids have. Why? Too much screen time? It'll get them. It'll get them. It'll become their reality. Sometimes a greater reality than the real reality. Whatever gets your attention gets you. You, you become what you behold. Watch what you're looking at. What are you looking at? And number three, the first you don't see him, what? Keep looking. Amen. So let's, I want to do something practical uh, here at the end, and I uh, want you to participate, please. So if you would just close your eyes. We've already done this a couple of times today, and we've had a beautiful vision that helped us a lot of people out today already. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful to, to note that, that the, one of the earmarks of the coming of the Spirit into the world is visions. It'll come to pass when the Holy Spirit comes. There'll be dreams and visions. Phew. All right. I feel such good stuff going on in here right now. So I want you to close your eyes, if you would, please. And I just want you to picture Jesus... However, you picture him. For some of you, you may not see with the, the eyes of your heart this way. You may, God may communicate with you differently. It may be that you sense him or you feel him, but, but still he's there. So I just want you to, however that happens for you, I just want you to picture him on purpose. All right. Now he's somewhere in this room. Picture him someplace in this room. Where is he? Don't, don't say anything out loud. Where is he? Okay, you got him? Raise your hand if you, you, you see him in this room. All right? All right, you sense him in this room. Okay. Now, next question is, what is he wearing? And if it's non-traditional, go with it. 
Many people see him with contemporary clothing. Now, one last question. What is he doing? He's doing something. What is he doing? Okay. Open your eyes. All right. Now, some of you say, what if I was just making that up? Well, we have found that your maker-upper is right next to your revelator. <laughs> and, a lot, and a lot of times you think what you think you might be making up is actually just an image that the Holy Spirit is helping project on the screen of your mind. All right, so who, who saw something really cool that you'd share with us real quick? Come on. All right. Where was he? He was behind me. Uh-huh. And right he behind was you? Like, like hugging me. Like, hugging you. Yeah. Awesome. You saw the same thing? Yeah. He was hugging her? <laughs> no. Hugging no, you. No, he was hugging all of us. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. How many of you saw something like that? Him hugging. Jesus hugging. Okay. Carol, did you want to share? What did you see? I saw, I saw him, like, put his arms out, and I went into him, and he put his arms around me. Awesome. But he had the robes on, so it's very old, but I saw them as a blanket mm-hmm. wrapping okay. me up. Awesome. Who else? Way back there. Doug, can you just talk real loud? Who is it? Yeah. So if we said, what are you looking at? He would say, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jesus was in my heart, and I didn't actually see him. It was a light, uh-huh. and it felt very warm. Um, he was interceding for me in my life and my prayers. He was forgiving me. He's changing me from the inside out. Yes, he is. This is a good day for you. It's a really good day for you. And I'm just going to tell you 2017 is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's giving you a soft place to land. He's giving you a soft place to land. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it similar to what this gentleman just said. He mm-hmm. was over in the corner. Mm-hmm. He had his hand on a rail and he was just observing mm-hmm. to see who was being obedient. Mm, okay. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Oh. Did you have your hand up? All right. Let's go over here. I saw him by that back door and just facing this way with his arms out. And again, the hug thing was going to happen for each person who went out. And he was going to say, um, God be with you as, <laughs> as each person went out. Yeah. Yeah. So when you leave today, go out that door if you want to see, if you want to see Jesus. <laughs> no pressure. Mary Lou. Yeah, I just saw him in my face, and it was so wonderful. He just was, you know, uh, just right here 
you know, mm-hmm. touching my face and my eyes. And then he reminded me that this week I've got an eye doctor appointment. So I think, I, you know, wow. <laughs> he came early. <laughs> the eyes have it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Thank you, Mary Lou. Somebody else over here, Doug. I saw him just kneel right in front of me and took his hands around my face and just looked into my eyes and said, I love you. And then he said, come take a walk with me. And I saw both of us walking off like on a beach. Wow. That's cool. I'll have what you're having. Somebody else, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Okay, great. This is awesome. Hi. Okay, what did you see? has kissed me. He kissed you? Yeah. And said, come with me for a walk. <laughs> That's sweet. Did you go? Did you go for a uh-huh. walk yet? You going to go for a walk with Jesus? That's awesome. Thank you. What's your name? What's your name? Luke. 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 <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually saw him um, talking with Doug and Debbie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's great, man. Well, that's awesome. Did somebody else have it? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him up on the stage. He was uh, sitting in jeans, kind of laid back, and he was like, let's hang out. <laughs> yeah. He loves to hang out with his people, right? Mark, he's in Mark, he says, he called those whom he wanted, he himself wanted, that they might be with him and they might preach the gospel. Being with him is, when it proceeds doing, that's the way it was meant to be right there. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. Would you stand? Thank you guys for sharing. That was, um, that was awesome. That was awesome. I don't know why I'm talking on this mic. I got one. It's like, oh, yeah, so good. So just put your hands out like this. We call this assuming the position. (laughs) We just release, yeah, thank you, Lynn. We release your presence, Father, more more on your people right now. Wow. I, I just feel like there are callings in the air. Just listen to him, gently speak to you. There are callings. Ah, commissionings. God igniting you. Some of you feel like fire, like fire on your on you or in your heart. Yeah, He's commissioning you. There's new things He's doing. Whew. Wow, what a year for the vineyard it's going to be, huh? How many of you can partner with that thought right there? What a year this will be for the vineyard. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I'm just going to ask the ministry team people to come forward real quick. We'll go ahead and release you guys. But if you need prayer for anything specific or even maybe you need to interact with somebody about what God has spoken to you up until now, or we'd love to hear a testimony of whose spines got aligned during the service. Please let us know. But we dismiss you in the grace of God. Go. Go, go, go and spread the gospel. In Jesus' name. <laughs>